Hello, everyone, and welcome to Queer Me Out. Queer Me Out. Ah! <laughs> I thought it would sound better if you said it by yourself. I'm Daniel. <laughs> and I'm Benji. And this is Queer Me Out, the podcast where we talk about the newest, the hottest, the gayest in pop culture. Um, and today... We are talking about a new album that dropped that I was so caught up in my own insecurities and terrible things that are going on in the world that I didn't even realize it was happening. But it's Miley yeah. Cyrus's seventh studio album, Plastic Hearts, which certainly describes my heart. I don't know about yours. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be a music review show what we've been doing a couple of topics we've been doing some music so we're gonna kind of do like a back and forth thing and yeah we're talking about miley we're talking about this album we are it's very rock oriented miley is a very um uh, she really likes to dabble. Her entire career has consisted of her kind of doing a different genre every album. <laughs> that is very true. The mixed effects. Like, she doesn't, no shade to Miley at all, but, like, she doesn't come across as someone who, like, she, like, lives each genre every time she does it. Like, it all feels very, like, experimental and, mm-hmm. and like, feeling of the moment. Yeah. It feels a little bit more erratic than some other, you know, transitions into different types of music that artists do, which I love because that's very much my energy. Like, I relate to that. Like, oh, I'm doing this thing. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'm really into this type of music now and I'm just going to make it happen. And she did. This album, like, stinks of rock energy. Like, it definitely doesn't feel like fake or put on or anything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this, she's been like, and also these songs have been very popular on TikTok. They've been, so I've been expecting this to come because she's really been building it up on the TikTok. I know Benji's a boomer and doesn't use any social media. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) But Her Heart of Glass cover is really what kicked it off on TikTok. Everyone was talking about the Heart of Glass cover. Like, in what context? Like, just how were they the, using the it? music, the music. They were just, it was just a very popular song. It was in so many TikToks. And then she came out with the Midnight Sky. She did it all. And people have been living. People have been thriving off of Miley. Well, good, I'm glad, because I feel she's underrated. She is, but she has her moments, and she, like, she always comes back. Like, Mm -hmm. Wrecking Ball was such a moment. 
Yes, a high, huge career highlight. <laughs> and the whole like, I... that whole era was very weird. <laughs> Thinking yes. back, it's like very questionable, problematic. <laughs> and then yeah. she had, and then she had the Miley and her dead pets one. Do you remember that? I do. That was like Miley at her absolute weirdest. And it was very I like certain songs on that album. There was one called Karen Don't Be Sad. Yeah. And I, I listen to that all the time when I'm sad. <laughs> and, but it's like funny because it's Karen. It's like very like. <laughs> right. And Karen like wasn't a thing when that album came out. It was not either. a thing. <laughs> so it's a sweet song about Karen's. I don't know, but that that song is fucking good. And then what else? What else did she put on? You mean like that? Like then other she music? had the Malibu album, right? She she kind of did like country pop light, where all of a sudden she was like, "Oh, yeah. that like Miley and her dead pets thing, and that um me sticking my tongue out and grinding on Robin Thicke thing." That's like that didn't happen. It felt very exactly as a rebrand, and that album sucked. Like that album wasn't good. Just, let's just be real. It didn't have a lot of, you know, radio potential. It didn't have a particular vibe. Malibu and Younger Now, like two of the singles off of it, like those were just good songs. And then yeah, the album the whole songs. just wasn't that great. She has a lot of good songs, though. Honestly, Miley's amazing. And she comes from a very musical family. Like her godmother is literally Dolly Parton. Like, can you imagine how ridiculous that is? No. Though, like, that's fantastic. I'm jealous. That is so ridiculous. Imagine if Dolly Parton was your godmother. Right. And she was like, <laughs> hello, Molly. I'm going to take you to Dollywood. <laughs> With her Dolly, big titties. Big titties. Dolly was even on Hannah Montana, which is just freaking ridiculous when you think about it now. Like, I can't believe that that happened in real life. Yeah. Also... Just on a side note, Dolly Parton is, like, coming back so hard right now. I feel like Dolly Parton is almost, like, more popular than she's ever been before at this moment. Do you know what I mean? She's very rebranding herself. Yeah, like, Dolly Parton is, like, coming for all of us. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, she's. I feel like she's trying to do a share thing. She has Netflix shows. Like, she has multiple Netflix shows. And she has a Netflix documentary. Like, she's everywhere. She's literally donating to coronavirus facts. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, Dolly Parton is literally helping you get vaccinated. <laughs> that is such a funny thing to think about. Like, this vaccine was brought to you by Dolly Parton, her platinum wings and her giant titty. But, like, good for her, though. Yes. Like, like I'm glad somebody cares. Like, thank I know. you. It's like, think, it's like... We need someone. It's like, where are all, all the other rich people? Like, fucking Jeff Bezos. Where are you at? <laughs> where are you at, honey? Where are you at, honey? Getting a vaccine? They yeah. don't want you to have a wa- vaccine, though, because they just want you to be sitting at home on your fucking iPhone ordering shit on Amazon. <laughs> like it's a robot. Funny. That is so funny. They, like, they, they're like, coronavirus is the best thing that ever happened to us. But, like, certain industries, I mean, a lot of industries, obviously, are, like, having a really hard time right now and, like, all the respect to them. And then you can't help, like, in your cynical gay heart, you can't help but think there's certain people who are benefiting from this. And I'm not saying that it means that, like, 
you know, the, the virus was intentional or anything like that, because I don't think that's true. But, like, you can't help but wonder, like, there are just certain industries that are, like, backdoor benefiting from it. Like, it yeah. just so happens with Netflix. Thriving. <laughs> like, yeah, thriving. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, <laughs> Google, Amazon, all of them are better than ever. Because they're like, oh, these people are depressed on their phones all day. Anyways, maybe if you want us to have an episode where we just talk about that and we get maybe a little political, let us know. Write us in the in the DMs. You can write me on Instagram, okay? Yeah, and we wanted to let both of you know that we're listening. <laughs> we're listening. We're here. We're so back queer. to Miley. So back to Miley. Yes. What? Okay, let's let's just go through this fucking album. I first of all, just the cover is hot. Like she has yes. this mullet now. Mm. I and it's a fashion mullet. It's not like an actual mullet. Also, Dolly Parton and mullets are in full swing right now. Mullets are officially back. Did you know that, Benji? No. Mullets are officially fucking back. Twenty twenty has created the mullet. Recreated the mullet. Miley's bringing it. So this album, Plastic Heart, starts out with What the Fuck Do I Know? Which, what a total mood that is. It's definitely a mood. It's it's It sets the stage. It's not my, like, fave. But she's hot. It's a great way to open up the album. It's one of those good album openers that, like, establishes the whole tone, like, it tells you a lot that you need to know. It's like right away, you know, this is a rock pop album. Um, Miley is going to have like an attitude and a sneer and kind of a wink and, and her tongue planted firmly in cheek throughout the whole thing, which like, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And then the attitude is very rock and roll. And I love it because there's always been, especially like after Hannah Montana, there's always been a certain air of androgyny to Miley Cyrus that I think really appear appeals to, um, you know, kind of like a queer fan base. That I think yeah. Is really nice. She has a masculinity to her. No, definitely. I mean, Miley came out as like, she's literally in the, de- Miley and her Dead Pets album, like she came out as like non-binary and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So she's very androgynous. They're non-binary. I don't know. I do know what Miley's pronouns are. As far as I mean, I've never seen that she's officially announced that she, her, maybe who knows? Talk to her. Talk to Miley. But yeah, Miley has that vibe. She has the energy. Yeah. So that song is is great because she just, um, you know, she kind of is very sarcastic. What do you mm-hmm. What do you know, Daniel? Like, she sarcastically says, like, what the fuck do I know? What do you know that's unequivocally true? Just, like, in your life and in the universe. Like, if someone's like, what are things that you just know are true? I feel like... That my pussy's popping AF. <laughs> okay, what else? <laughs> um, what else do I know? I know that Bush did 9-11. <laughs> What the fuck do I know? I know that whipped cream cheese is a total scam. It is. Wow, that's <laughs> controversial. You don't like whipped cream cheese? 
No, I <laughs> I like it. But it makes you wonder, like, how much, you know, how little of actual real whipped cream, whip, oh my God, how much cream cheese does it take to make that amount of whipped cream? Like, cheese. Do you see what That's I mean? true. You might as well it's- just whip the other kind. Well, and that <laughs> brings us into the song Plastic Hearts. Yeah. Which is another, which is a great song. Yeah. It has a lot of bongos in it, which aren't my favorite. Oh, bongos. But it really continues to firmly establish the rock vibe. And it's also the title track, which, you know, gotta have that unless sometimes you don't. I just gotta say, though, I just gotta say, I know I'm like bouncing around, I'm like crazy. The one that I'm listening to this album and I'm like obsessed with right now that I can't stop thinking about is Give Me What I Want. Yes. That's accurate. She gave me what I want. And it's so good. It's so good. Definitely an album highlight in the lyrics. They're very sexual. She's strutting. It's sexy. It's hot. She does a great job. Did you just say say it's pot? It's hot. Yeah. She says pleasure leads to pain. To me, they're both the same. What a mood. Honestly, Miley fucking gets me. Can you imagine? You get to the point where you're like, I don't really know the difference anymore. So I know we've kept on bringing this up about, um, about Taylor Swift's album. But the um, the Spotify like image for this album is fucking everything. She's sucking on a red fucking lollipop with some blue ass hair, or something. What is that? What's on her hair? She's wearing a blue hat. It's a blue feathery hat, and she's sucking on a red lollipop, and she looks like the grunge queen of your rock and roll sex dream. She does. It's all very Joan Jet, who happens to have a feature on the album. Yes. That song is good. It wasn't my favorite though. Bad Karma. It's it's a yeah, that wasn't that's not a favorite of mine either. It doesn't it doesn't stick like the others and it doesn't have as good of a chorus and all the moaning that they do in it is a little weird. But <laughs> but you know me. You loved the weird moan. I love a moan. I know, babe. (laughs) I love a moan. (laughs) I'm into that song. It's like the moaning is like, uh, 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 uh. And Daniel's over there vibing like, oh my God, I love the moaning. I love the moaning. Like, honey, if that's the type of, if that's the way that your moans sound, I'm I'm not (laughs) not sure what to tell you. (laughs) I know, it's like, it's like you're, it's a surprised moan. It's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Can you imagine you're with a guy and you're, and he's like, why are your moans so melodic in nature? Like, why are they sing? Why are And I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Right. <laughs> you're this like, is this just, is me. <laughs> this is me. This is who I am. Listen to this album and maybe you'll get me. <laughs> And if you don't, you're not allowed to come in my ass. <laughs> wow. 
That is so... I feel... Like, I feel advocated for. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for speaking up about it, finally. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And Give Me What I Want is a really good drag song, specifically. Like, that would yeah. be such a fun one to do in, like, a leather number with, like, yeah. sky-high leather boots. Just so fun. I was thinking about that. That's a perfect... Prisoner is really good, too. See, not my favorite. You didn't like it? So I feel like Prisoner kind of miss, it underutilizes the talents of Dua Lipa or Dua Peep for the (laughs) (laughs) uninitiated. Yeah. And and the, it's, I like it and I like the vibe, but the chorus is a little bit of an anti-chorus. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. It's like the chorus is kind of chill. And then, like, the mood of the song, it's almost like the verses are kind of, like, sexier and stronger than the choruses. And I feel like that's a little bit of, like, a mood problem. Like, it kind of yeah. throws it off. It makes it a little not... It doesn't have a punch. Like, What the Fuck Do I Know has a punch. Like, that song... That has a you. punch. Like, she literally screams, What the fuck do I know? And it, like... I know. I also just gotta say, there's something about this Miley moment that feels so much more authentic to me. Mm-hmm. Like these songs and the way she's been performing, and how I've like seen her, like when she was at the VMAs too. Mm-hmm. Um, she just seems like she's doing what she wants to fucking do. Yeah. And again, and that's not really nice. Not to say that other music that she's done isn't what she wanted and liked at the time, because obviously people change and grow. But like, you know, like the bangers era with like all of the like really really strong like hip hop references felt like a little forced. Like I don't know how much mm-hmm. she really liked that music, really. You know? Yeah, and her voice. I think she understands that. She has, like, Miley Cyrus has a raspy voice. hmm She's not gonna be that, like, pop princess with that voice anymore. And, like, she needs... She, like, is taking on this more, like, grungy style. I think fits her voice way better. Yeah, this definitely... This album, I feel like, is sort of the most... And, and she's always been, like... I feel like the best Miley ever sings is, like, a power ballad. Uh-huh. So, like, these are just all rock ballads, and it just seems like what is best for her. Yeah, I feel confident, and this is this is a strong statement, but I feel like Miley Cyrus is one of the strongest balladeers of our generation. Like, when she sings a slow song, I mean, obviously she's not hitting whistle notes and shit like Ariana, but, I mean, when she does a slow song, it, like, really punches you. Of like, course. she has a very strong voice. And that brings us to, I think it's, it's my favorite song on the album is Angels Like You, which is the most, it's like the heaviest ballad. Mm -hmm. It could literally almost make me cry. Like it is so good. The lyrics are amazing. And that's, I think the lyrics on the album are so good too. Like it's not slept on. Like, the songs have really clear messages. So it's one of those albums where like each song has like a little, it's like trying to tell you a little bit of something. Like it's not like some other, you know, like other, sometimes albums don't feel 
like they're getting a real moment because the songs are a little bit like generic and these don't feel yeah. that way. They feel they very much like each song she's trying to tell you a specific part of like what's going on with her. I know the lyrics are so good. Yeah. There's something just really raw and vulnerable about how self-deprecating she is, which I (laughs) really speaks to me and my sense of humor because she says um, the thing when she says that it's, that it's not your fault that I ruin everything (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's not your fault that I can't be what you need. And angels like you can't fly down here with me. So it's kind of that that feeling isolated from other people because you feel like you're kind of a failure, like you're a bad girl, or you know you're not. Up I'm to a bad part. girl. I'm I'm a fucking bad girl. <laughs> I'm a bad girl. Like Miley, I'm smoking a joint. I know Miley loves weed. Well, she goes back and forth on weed. Like, the last era, she specifically was like, if I don't smoke anymore. <laughs> oh, now, yeah, I'm not sure if she does or not. I don't know. But Noah smokes. I love Noah. I love Noah. She okay, I think we, just need, we need a brief, like, detour. So, like, what do you, for people who are like, who the fuck? Like their their siblings. What's what's makes them each unique? Like, what would you say? Okay, so Noah is sort of like the like clear eyed, like independent. Didn't have to put up with all of the Hannah Montana stuff, which is obviously not Miley's fault. But like, didn't have that child star problem, and so mm-hmm. Noah just came busting out of the gates with kind of like a fully formed identity. Like I'm kind of like a hippie ish like chill like guitar pop person and it yeah. just works you're like you hear her and you're like i know who that is yeah she's much more chill she's much more cool she's like way more gen z yes and none Miley. of her music is really pop at all no but she has a gorgeous voice gorgeous i love july that's like well that's such a good song yeah that song, July, just ju- listen to July by Noah Cyrus if you haven't. Because if you've ever been in a bad relationship, you might have to pull over and cry. Yeah. Like, you might not be able to keep driving. She's also, I feel like, edgier and than Miley. But, uh, but then this album, it's different. They're di- it's just different. Well, like, I, I think the important thing is that, like, Noah comes from a different place because... You know, it's at a time where, like, celebrities have more control over their image because of social media. Miley didn't have that when she was kind of coming Yeah, definitely. And so Noah has kind of been able to just come out right out the gate. Like, she started her, she released her first single when she was, like, 16. So, like, Noah was able to kind of just come out fully formed, it feels like. Like, just kind of not having to grow up in front of everyone. Yeah. And it it gives you a different vibe. Of course, of course. But no, something funny about Noah Cyrus that I think about often is that she's literally, like, no joke, she's literally released, like, she's had to have, like, 40 singles or something, and still no album. She has an EP, but before the EP, she was releasing, like, a single every month, it felt like. like I, I think feel she's like- just, yeah, she's just kind of doing her thing. It's not as organized. It's kind of just... But she's cool. I also love I Got So High That I Saw Jesus. 
Yeah. Noah also seems like she smokes a lot of weed. She smokes a lot of weed, probably way more than Miley. Well, she did write a song about it. And she dated Lil Xan. Do you remember that? I I do. I remember that. That was like <laughs> cringe. Cringy. I was just about to say that. that it's was very so strange. Cringe. Sometimes certain celebrities date each other and you're like, what the hell has happened? Like Grimes and Elon Musk. I was like, oh my God. I know. I, <laughs> I love Grimes though. I was listening to Grimes today. I bet you were. I love Grimes too. Ugh. Oh, she's so Violence good. is an amazing song. Too. That's what I was listening to. That's what I was listening to. I yep, I knew it. And We're talking love, about everyone but Miley. But Miley, it's because I'm getting distracted on the weed. I know, babe. Come on, Noah, reel me in. <laughs> Noah, reel me in. Um, What's my but, other favorite song? Well, wait, you didn't. Midnight what are you? The Night Sky. Yeah. Okay, and the thing about Midnight Sky, though, what do you like better? The Edge of Midnight or Midnight Sky? I feel like The Edge of Midnight is a little hokey. You think it's hokey? Yeah, I feel... So, Midnight Sky, the original, already has some elements of Edge of Seventeen in there, which is why they just went, like, full hog and everything. But that's why I feel like it's hokey because it's like the the original one references it and you're like, oh, okay, like it's a vibe. I get the mood. I'm then when you're, the edge of midnight. Then the edge of midnight is a little <laughs> too self-referential. Like it's kind I love of like it though. it's too aware of what it's doing. I love it though. So for the uninitiated, Edge of Midnight is just like a mashup of Edge of Seventeen by the Queen, which Stevie Nicks and Miley Cyrus's Midnight Sky mushed together with Miley singing parts of Edge of Seventeen and Stevie Nicks's. It's incredible. It's an experience. <laughs> it's amazing. It's synergy. It's. I think it works. I don't think it's hokey in any way. Excuse your whore mouth. <laughs> I'll never say excuse me. Not even when I fart on the train. Ugh. No excuses. So good. But yeah, Midnight Sky was a really good choice for a lead single because I feel like a lot of people, it's just a lot of people heard that song. Do you know what I mean? It's just like it reached a lot of crevices. In oh society. my God. <laughs> In society, crevices. Oh, wait. Oops. I did it again. Did your. <laughs> Are you having technical problems? I think Daniel's headphones came off. It's Are you okay. Back? I'm, she's back. She's here. She's living. She's thriving. Did you ever watch Hannah Montana? Yes. Yeah. I watched it. I, I probably have seen almost every episode. I liked that show. When <laughs> You've it was seen on. every episode? Almost. I mean, I watched it all the way until it ended. See, I was never a Disney Channel person, and I never watched Hannah Montana. I didn't, I didn't start liking her until she became Miley Cyrus and got like, and she was like, "I'm a bad girl now." Once she was like, "I'm a bad girl now," I'm like, "Okay, I'm all in." <laughs> that makes so much sense. Hannah's <laughs> like Hannah Montana, who, and then she rips her top off, and he's like, "Okay," and I'm, I'm like, in. "I'm buying that." Yeah, yeah, you're into it. 
So that was my relationship with her. I loved her when she got edgy. And I was like, okay, this is her, like, Britney Spears moment, Lindsay Lohan moment. Like, she's not on the Mickey Mouse Club anymore. Like, now she's going to show you who she really is. In a recurring theme throughout the pod, um, I was there from the beginning, <laughs> which just always seems to happen with everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, I bought Taylor Swift's first album. I was there when she was super country. I watched Hannah Montana when it was really I don't know what it was. To separate never, Hannah Montana from my life. I never was a Disney Channel person. I watched, I wasn't, it, I, I split my time between Disney Channel and Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. Like, I kind of watched. I them. loved Nickelodeon way more. I was a Nickelodeon girl. Okay, side note. Do you know that Drake from Drake and Josh, do you know who that is? Yes. That he is now a popular, like, Spanish singer, and he sings in Spanish. Like, he's, like... I heard. I read the BuzzFeed article about it. I know. He's, like... Because it was, like, everyone was, like, where did he go? He just disappeared. And now he's, like, this Latino songwriter, singer. And it's just hilarious to remember him on that show. (laughs) Yeah. That show was weird. There were, like, a lot of live-action sitcoms from, like, the mid to late 2000s. Like, looking back on them, it just seems, like, so quaint. Like, what? Innocent times. I know. Um, speaking of innocent times. I just, and I can't believe that Miley Cyrus got Stevie Nicks on this album. Right. I'm assuming that Stevie Nicks, like, I'm assuming that it's just a remix They're probably of the, friends, too. I bet. Oh, I'm jealous. Me, too. I would love to be friends with Stevie Nicks. What would you I, do if you were friends with her? Wait, seriously? Yeah, like, what would... No, what would be an activity that you, Miley Cyrus, and Steve Nicks would do together? Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Okay. I have it all planned out. So we would fly to Amsterdam. Wow, okay. And we would spend the whole day walking the canals and just chatting about our lives, talking about boys, um, getting a drink here and there, maybe some light beer, maybe some absinthe. That depends on the mood. Oh my god! Um, then I think that we would hit up one of those <laughs> funny, um, what were they called? Like the things in Amsterdam where you put the money into the slot and you just pull the food out of a metal drawer, and there's like yes. a, a sausage. Um, what are they called? And croquette. You get the croquettes. You put the coins into a little slot and you pull open a metal drawer and there's just hot food sitting inside. The restaurant that Benji is talking about is called Fibo. Yes. And it's like Dutch McDonald's and it's amazing. It's amazing. They have really good fries. The fries aren't in the little things though because you get the fries fresh every time. They make them fresh to order. Ugh. So so we would pick at some croquettes and some fries with fucking mayonnaise on them because that's mm-hmm. the way fries were meant to be experienced, god yes. damn it. Yes. 
And then I would ask just very politely if they could both sing um, a song for me. And mm-hmm. I think I would pick Gypsy by Fleetwood Mac. Wow. And would you do like acid or mushrooms with them in Amsterdam? Like, would you smoke with them? Probably weed. I think I would okay. smoke weed with Miley Cyrus and Stevie Nicks. If I was going to do something with them? Yeah. I would honestly... I would want to do something witchy as fuck. And I think I would want to do something witchy as fuck, like in the South, like South witchy. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like they're both kind of that vibe. And like, we would probably just smoke and we'd wear like cool flowy dresses with like fringe and stuff on them. And we'd like walk through the forest and we'd be like dancing in a field. You would go into like the dark wilds of like West Virginia Mm -hmm. or like Carolina or something. Exactly, exactly. Like we go into a swamp and then like we do mushrooms and we just like vibe and talk. And then we do some witchy things, like some tarot, some I just want I just want Stephen X to teach me. (laughs) Oh my god. I love it. That would be my dream day with them. What's scary about this is how fully formed both of our thoughts were. <laughs> like they had a beginning, middle, and an end. And that's mm-hmm. a lot to ask. Mine for even had a dress code. <laughs> and it um, wasn't a muumuu. <laughs> but it was like, I would wear a muumuu. Like I would wear like a flowy cap. <laughs> like. Never mind. It was a moo all along. Listen, moo-moos and caftans are oh, honestly the number one Jesus. item on my Christmas list. I know. I know. So if you are, if you ever want to buy me a present, if no. you're listening to this pod and you're like, oh my God, Daniel is so cool and like sexy that like I need to buy something for him, buy me a caftan. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I just think <laughs> if you think I'm cool and I'm sexy, DM me your DM me and I'll give you my fucking address so you can send it to me. Well, I'll give you my PO box. <laughs> send me your caftan. <laughs> Another famous person she got on was Billy Idol. Do you like the Billy Idol song? I do. The Billy Idol song Nightcrawling, it's it's good. It's not as memorable as other ones. I like it. Uses, it. It's a little it, hokey. It uses, yes, it is. It uses Billy Idol better than the Joan Jett song uses Joan Jett, though. Uh, uh, uh. Like, Billy Idol, it has, it sounds like a Billy Idol song. That's why it works. It sounds like a Billy yeah. Idol song. That's why. Has a new waviness to it. <laughs> It does. It really does. Do you know what one of my favorite, like, latter half of the album tracks is? What? Hate Me is so good. Hate Me? Because the entire... It's not my favorite. It's not my, like, go-to. See, I like it because the entire punch of the song kind of... The success of the song hinges around the audience and listener buying into the punchline that you don't get to until the very end of the first chorus, which is like, oh, I'm wondering if I would die if 
um, my ex lover would finally stop hating me then. <laughs> like, it's so funny. It's like, you don't quite know what the song's about until at the end of the chorus, she's like, I hope that it's enough to make you cry. And maybe that day you won't hate me. And then she kind of, and then she also says, I wonder what would happen if I die. I hope all of my friends get drunk and high. And frankly, that's the best that I could ever hope. <laughs> yeah, same girl. Yeah, like you better. You better. You better. Would you get high at my funeral, Benji? I think it would be confusing if, if the crowd didn't. <laughs> Speaking of funerals. It'd be confusing and upsetting. <laughs> Do you have a song planned out or am I just morbid and crazy? Do you have a song that you want them to play at your funeral? What I think is funny about the question is that, like, if I do have a song planned for that, it makes you not morbid and crazy. Exactly. <laughs> like, maybe we both are. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Do you do you have one? Are you morbid and crazy? I would have to. I would honest. I would have to think about that. I think that. Um, I have one picked out. What is it? Tell me. I don't like it that you're laughing. <laughs> okay, mine is. But da 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 da. Lady Gaga. Uh huh. And the song is. It's the Joanne, but it's the. Piano. The piano version. Girl, parentheses, girl, where do you think you're going? Oh my God. Piano acoustic version. So it's different than Joanne. It has the same lyrics, but it's like, it's a very different vibe. It's much slower. Right. That is my funeral song. So I'm specific as fuck because mine is like... It's not even a regular Lady Gaga song. It's like an acoustic cover of a Lady Gaga song. Yeah. By Lady Gaga. That is so specific. <laughs> so, because you're the one who's going to have to say that when I die. Just so you know. It's your responsibility. Like, I'm going to have to make sure that they get the, like, piano version. Like, they'll, like, it's, well, I'm, I'm assuming that your mom would be there. And she would be like, oh, this one. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. No, no. Your daughter wanted the piano acoustic version that exactly. I'm assuming is on, like, the Target <laughs> only on the Target edition. So you're going to have to buy the CD, Carol, okay? You're going to have to buy the CD. Watch the CD I don't remember. That song is everything. It's a good... Joanne, the song is good. Joanne, the album, we all know how I feel about that album. Do you know what else is a good fucking song? Zombie on this album. Miley's cover of Zombie is really good. It is. It's not the same, and it won't. No, it like obviously the original still has its quality that you like, but Miley does a really fucking good job singing it. She does, it and that's one of my favorite sound... '90s songs. Yeah, same here. She makes it sound. I mean, I dare I say it. She makes it sound like harder and more desperate. Kind of yeah. like the rasp in her voice really brings out some of the anguish of the song. But I do have to say, I think one of the reasons why the original songs work is because Dolores is like really high 
like kind of pretty white voice kind mm-hmm. of added a sense of irony because like the guitars were so hard on that song that the fact that her voice is kind of like sweeter and higher kind of made it the contrast was kind of exactly and then she squawks like a seagull for 10 minutes yeah <laughs> yeah i had a friend in high school <laughs> I had a friend in high school who could imitate that part of the song perfectly. Like the, the squawky the squawky yodeling part. Where do you think they are now? Do you think they're listening to this pod? Probably not, but they're probably like I mean they're somewhere doing something. And I think you know If you're listening cheers If you're listening that. and you can do an impression still of the squawking and zombie, please Instagram me, DM me. I hope Rachel uh, Jones. I hope it's Rachel Jones, and I hope she's listening because <laughs> she was really good at it. Um, yeah, the the zombie is so good. She did a great job, and I had been listening to that song before this album came out on YouTube. The live version that she posted in here because mm-hmm. it. It was good. Were you listening to it before you came out? This came out. Listening to what? The zombie. Did you hear the remix? Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Well, Miley has been promoting since the bangers era. Miley has been doing a lot of covers, so like she has always been really into them. So she's done a ton on her like backyard session mm-hmm. series on her YouTube channel. For the charity that she wait, has. Wait, wait. This is an emergency. This is an emergency. What? I I can't believe we didn't talk about her cover of Give Me More by Britney Spears. Miley Cyrus's cover. What did you think? I thought it was really good. I mean, she that song she reinvented. She reinvented it. That song should have been on this album. It should have. Honestly, like, I wish, I almost wish, her covers are so good, I almost wish that she had just, like, an EP of them to Mm -hmm. go with the companion. Like, I feel like what she should have done is, like, left those covers off of this and come out with, like, a cover EP, like, a couple months from now and put a couple new ones onto it. Because on, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel a couple months ago, she did a cover of Maneater by Holland Oates that was really, really good. Yeah, I remember it that. In a red sparkly dress with blue eyeshadow, and I lived for that outfit. It was so Jessica Rabbit. I loved it. So good. It's so good. <laughs> Another good song is Golden G-String. That's what I was going to talk about next. It, it sounds out, like a Lana Del Rey song. It, it closes out the album proper. It has this sort of, like, tinkly... <laughs> like twinkly tinkly like piano line in it that makes it it sounds very like it almost sounds like it could be a cover of like an older song it has that like carol king like singer songwriter from the 60s 70s vibe to it where it sounds very narrative like i woke up in montecito i was thinking about my life and the questions mean more questions i've worn the golden g-string and it's so funny because like when she says, I've worn the golden G-string, it sounds like a trial that everybody is faced with. Like, the yeah. golden G-string makes it sound like it's a choice have that you ever have worn, to make. Have you ever worn a golden G-string? Not, not gold, but black, sure. 
Wow. If you want to give me a Cashman and a, and a golden cheese string, let me know. Feel free to and send is, it to me. What a surprise that would be for an unsuspecting lover because it's like you see someone in a caftan and I just, and maybe I could be wrong, but I'm feeling like you see someone in a caftan and maybe you're not expecting there to be a metallic G-string underneath the mm -hmm. And then you see it and you're like, wow, this isn't what I was expecting, but I'm really happy that I found it. <laughs> exactly. So the song is all about kind of, and I love that she ended on it because the first, if you were paying attention, which I know that you were, the first song, What the Fuck Do I Know, is very, like, the personal is political. Like, it's very, like, focused on her, but you could apply the themes of it to a broader kind of experience. But then mm -hmm. this song is very much, like, it's talking about the misogyny in the industry. It's talking about, like, men shaming women for, like, being comfortable with their bodies or shaming women's bodies. Um, it's talking about, you know, I think it's kind of referencing the controversy about the bangers era. I think that that's kind of what, when she says I've worn the golden G string, <gasps> I feel like the golden G string is just a metaphor for like all of the times in her career where she's kind of like tried to <clears throat> make oh a scene God. of herself so that she can transition to adulthood. So the golden G-string is a symbol, and that's why I think she named the song after it, because even though she only says it that one time and it's not in the chorus, she named the song after it, because the golden G-string is really just a metaphor for, like, bangers and having to make that transition <laughs> from, like, child star to adult. <laughs> that was... Wow. That was fucking deep. You're smart as fuck. Oh, I didn't so get cool. that. But now but it, make sense? It, it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. This album was amazing. Um, what would you give it out of 10? What do you, what would you rate this album? So honestly, on like out of the 12 songs on the standard edition, like a good What is seven, the standard edition? It's like without all the covers. It's like without the covers and without Edge of Midnight, so I'm assuming that would change your feeling about the album if those weren't there. But on the standard edition, which is What the Fuck Do I Know up to Golden G-String, and then the other three songs are extras. Just there alone, there are like seven, like... There are seven songs that I would rate above, like, a six on a scale of one to ten. So if you put all that together and you consider how trashy most albums are nowadays, this album is kind of an astounding success. It establishes a new sound yeah. for the artist. The lyrics are really consistent and good throughout. There are self-deprecating ballads, but also, like, sneering, punky, pop rock anthems. And they all work very well together. And Miley Cyrus comes off that she really knows her references. Like, she knows who Billy Idol is. She knows who Joan Jett is. She knows how to use them in her music. And she kind of, like, Angels Like You, she wouldn't have been able to do that song if she didn't know what 60s and 70s rock ballads sounded like. Like, if she didn't know who Jimmy Webb was, she wouldn't be able to write that song. Of course. So, 
kudos to Miley Cyrus for knowing what she's referencing. Because this album wouldn't be nearly as good without the insight that she has into what she is. So what is the final rating? What's the final rating? I would give it a seven and a half. Wow. You're harsh. I am. I'd give it a, I'd give it a 8.9. Okay. But I'm including the covers because I love the covers. The covers are everything. I want Miley to do a cover album. I want her to release a single of the Gimme More cover. I think Miley's the cover queen. She can cover my pussy any day. She can cover my hole any day. Um, We can run around the swamp like with Stevie Nicks and do magic and like witchcraft. Call me. I'm I'm sure you'll get that call. (laughs) So, (laughs) is there anything else you want to say about this album? Stream it. What are your final thoughts? What are your final thoughts? Definitely the best album of her career. Wow, you're going to go out there and say that? Yeah, I think that it is. It's the most cohesive. It is the first time that she's reinvented her sound, and I feel like it was truly authentic to her and it uses her voice in a very dynamic way. So by all accounts, an astounding success. For I think it might, I think it is too. I think it is too. Hats off to you, Miley. Yeah. I mean, nothing can really ever top the creative brilliance of the other side of me, but that's, that's not relevant really. I'm back. Did you hear what I said? No, but you it's took recording. your headphones off. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have any other suggestions on what you want to hear, let us know. And good night. This is Queer Me Out, and we're signing off. (laughs) (laughs) What, too hetero? (laughs) 